Preparing for this week's topic, I found hundreds, if not thousands, of quotes about support. Support is apparently a very important subject. However, it is under-discussed. So if you have found yourself in a situation where you don't feel supported by those around you, or if you have recognized that you haven't been as supportive of those around you, I encourage you to listen to this week's episode of the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Ambitious as a Mother, the podcast. My name is Desiree Thompson and I am your host. I have no idea how you found your way here, but I am super excited to have you. In a world that tells us, especially women, that we can't have it all, I am here to encourage and empower you to ambitiously pursue all that God has in store for you. Each week, we will discuss topics unique to womanhood, motherhood, and purpose. Again, I'm super excited to have you. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, how is everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I want to acknowledge and appreciate everybody who has been with us throughout the entirety of season three so far. Thank you. And to those who this is your first episode listening, thank you as well and welcome. I hope that you enjoy this episode of the podcast and I hope that you will stick around and become a member of the family. So how is everybody doing? I understand that we just got out of a snowpocalypse and now we're having thunderstorms and tornado watches. It just feels like the weather is not going to allow us to be great. So I hope you guys are staying dry. I hope you guys are staying safe. I hope that as we move out of February into March, that everyone is excited about springtime. I know I love spring. But I also love winter and fall. The only season I don't like is summer because it's too hot and sweat and me don't get along. But I'm excited about what spring is going to bring. So I hope you guys are excited as well. And I hope that 2021 hasn't been too rough on you guys. I hope that it's been treating you well so far. I also wanted to bring to everyone's attention that throughout the week, normally on Wednesdays, maybe Thursdays, I go live on Instagram and discuss the episode of the podcast that released that week. And I have had a few people joining me. However, I would love to have you join as well. So you need to follow me on Instagram at Desiree Catrice. And like I said, look forward to either Wednesday or Thursday around lunchtime. I normally will let everyone know that, hey, I'm jumping on live. And then I will get on live and talk about the episode of the podcast so that I can get some feedback in real time from those who have listened. And so I can encourage those that haven't listened to go ahead and give the episode a listen as well. So if you have Instagram, follow me at Desiree Catrice. And I would love to chat with you during the week about this episode of the podcast. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in. All right, you guys, for those of you who are true to this and not new to this, you recognize that what you're watching is the segment that's about to come up. However, for those of you that are new to this, this segment, What You're Watching, is the time where we have light conversation about what we're currently watching on Hulu, Netflix, HBO Max, or on regular television. 
During the pandemic and here thereafter, we have had a lot of time to watch some things, some movies, some TV shows. And what I enjoy most is being able to talk about those things with other people that are probably likely watching the same thing. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Here recently, my husband and I watched The Little Things with Denzel Washington on HBO Max. We pretty much watched it because Denzel Washington is in it, and I'm a huge Denzel Washington fan. So my husband and I watched it during the snowpocalypse, and I have thoughts. So first, I want to talk about what could have improved the movie, what areas of opportunity was involved in the movie. And the biggest thing was that the movie was so long and it took so long to really get into the groove of the movie. So the movie is over two hours long and we really don't get into the groove of the movie, the action, the meat of the film until well after the first hour, maybe the first hour, 15, 20 minutes. And then that's when really everything starts taking off. And I feel like there's an a whole hour and 20 minutes there that is just slow. The buildup is so slow. So that would have been one of the biggest things, one of the biggest areas of opportunity for the film. Another is that I felt like there were two plus hours of this film. And afterwards, I was still thinking, man, I wish they would have developed this character more or I wish I knew more about this character or their background I'm one of those people that when I watch a movie, I need to feel emotionally connected to the characters in order to be invested. And I felt like I did not get the opportunity to emotionally connect to enough characters in the film. Now, what I did like about the movie was that there was such an open-ended end of the movie, if I can say it that way. So there was no resolution necessarily with the movie. So it was one of those movies where you can watch it with another person and they can have a completely different perspective on the movie itself. So me and my husband watched it together. And afterwards, we even watched some reviews on YouTube. And everybody that watches the movie has a different take on the movie itself. They have different ideas on what was true, what was not true, what was staged. I don't want to give away the plot. I don't want to do spoilers. But, you know, ultimately, there are different ideas regarding the innocence or lack thereof of a character in the movie. So watching it with my husband and being able to say, well, I saw this and I thought that this would make this person guilty or, you know, whatever the case may be. And he said, well, I think that that was staged. I don't think that that made that person guilty. Right. So we were having really good conversations long after the movie was over. And for that reason, I really enjoyed watching it just because of the interaction and the um, conversation that happened afterwards. I also liked kind of the theme of the movie. So There's a line that Denzel Washington says, and I'm not going to say it absolutely correct, but essentially we are led to believe or his idea is that there's no such thing as angels, right? So it kind of plays off of something that I became familiar with, with watching Scandal and Kerry Washington's character and her whole team, they believed that they were the white hats or the white coats or white something. Essentially, they thought that they were the saviors. They were the good guys. They were the ones that bent the rules, but only did so in order to benefit everyone else. 
But if you watched Scandal, you can realize that even they got their hands dirty. Even they broke rules that, you know, it came across as selfish or it seemed as if there were other motives that were not pure. And we kind of by the end of Scandal, we're recognizing that, hey, you guys think that you're the good guys, but you look a lot like the bad guys. Right. That is kind of the theme of this movie as well, is that we are watching a person who feels like they're a good guy, but we're watching them break the rules. We're watching them make mistakes. We're watching them try to operate for the greater good, but we're still watching them do some things that we can find shady, right? So it was kind of the idea that even the people that think they're the good guys, they are, there's still something about them They're one mistake away from being the bad guys. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting take, an interesting thought, an interesting premise. So I like that about the movie as well. Overall, I would recommend watching it. Now, it's not one of those movies that I think you should buy and keep in your collection because you're going to want to watch it every Friday. But it is one of those movies that you'll watch it You'll like it and you'll say, well, that wasn't a waste of time. You might watch it again with other family members just to get everybody's take on it. So you wouldn't, you know, you'd watch it more than once, but it's not one of those that you would keep in heavy rotation. So with that said, I recommend watching it. Okay, guys, so let's go ahead and jump into this week's topic. So this week, we are going to be talking about support, what it means to be supportive of another person and what it means or how we should go about getting support from our circle, our village, our community and those around us. So I want to start off with a quote, as I've been doing all of season three. Now, this quote comes from Misty Copeland. Misty Copeland, if you're unfamiliar with her, she is the first African-American ballerina to be named principal dancer in the American Ballet Theater. So why is this important to you, Desiree? Because I love dance. I took dance for 15 years of my life. It was such a joy. I took ballet, jazz, contemporary tap. So to have a dancer and not only just a dancer, but the first African-American principal dancer in her company to give a quote, I thought, hey, we definitely ought to take some time and listen to what she has to say. So, So her quote says, anything is possible when you have the right people there to support you. So the goals that she had for herself, she was able to reach those goals because she had community and she had support around her. So obviously, Support is something that is extremely important. Unfortunately, a lot of us go through life not being able to tap into the support that we need from those around us. So first, let's talk about what it means to be supportive of another person. And if you know me at all, if you've listened to any episode of the podcast, you realize that I'm one of those people that likes to talk about what this is not. So what it is not, what it does not mean to be supportive of another person, because I think if we can recognize what is not support, then we can course correct and move more in the direction of support once we see ourselves kind of getting off course. So a few things, 
that are not support. I remember writing a Facebook post here recently, probably about three weeks ago, that said there cannot be advocacy without agency. What I meant by that is that you cannot have support without allowing the person the freedom to make their own decision. You cannot make yourself be supportive of someone only if they're making decisions that you promote or agree with. If you are only able to support people who move the way you want them to, then that's not support, it's manipulation. We should be able to support those that we are connected to solely because we are connected to them and we want to support them. It should not matter if they are making decisions that we agree with or would make for ourselves. We should want to be there for them and be supportive of them because of our relationship with them, not because of the decisions that they are making. Another thing that is not support is if we are only supporting people for a transactional relationship. So that means I will support you if you will support me. That is something that should be the fruit of support and relationship. I'm not saying that it is healthy if you have relationships where support is one-sided, but if you are going into this supportive relationship with the expectation that it will be transactional, then that is not a supportive relationship. That is a transactional experience. Those are different. And I want people to recognize that if you only give support expecting to get it back, then oftentimes you will be let down because sometimes we're not going to get that support right back or we're not going to get it back in the same way that we gave it. I remember growing up, my mother taught me never give anybody any money that you expect to get back. Now, I understand that there are boundaries around that, that we should not be promising to pay people back if we have no desire to or we don't think that we're going to do that. So I do recognize that. But I think that she was teaching me that so that when I open my hand up to be generous, that I'm not doing so with expectation. And when I do get that money back or when a person is supportive of me, I can be appreciative of that and not feeling like I'm entitled to that or I expected that or that they better, you know, do that for me because I was supportive of them. That's just not a healthy heart posture as it relates to being supportive of another person. And so that leads me to my third thing, having a good heart posture. So we cannot be supportive of another person. If we have a heart that's filled with pride, because then we are going to be operating in a godlike complex. We're going to have a savior type of ideal for ourselves. Oh, they need me. And because they need me, I'm going to support them. Oh, what would they do without me? So we would be supporting people only to allow ourselves to be more puffed up, have a bigger ego and be operating in pride. So we have to make sure that our heart posture is correct If we are going to be supportive of those that we are connected to, which means that we have to constantly be asking God to humble us, to purify our hearts so that when we are given opportunities to be supportive of those around us, that we're not doing so from a bad heart posture. So the second part of that is how do we gain support from those who are connected to us? 
And I think that this is a topic that is under discussed because we just expect people to support us. And that is unfair to those that are connected to us, A, because they might not know that we need support in that area, or B, they might think that they are supporting us in that area. However, the way they're giving support is not the way we need support in the moment or the way that we receive support. So we have to, first of all, be open to communicate about support. Be open and courageous enough to state that you need the support. A lot of us, this is another pride thing, are not humble enough to ask for help. We're not humble enough to say that we need support. We expect that because people are connected to us, they can see our needs, they can see the areas of opportunity, and they will jump and be eager at the idea of being able to support us in that area. But that is simply not true. Those that we are connected to might want to support us, but they might not understand where they fit in. So we have to be open to communicate that we need support. We also have to be open to be clear about the level of support and the type of support that we need. So as I mentioned earlier, oftentimes people think that they are being supportive of us. However, we are not receiving their actions as support because we need their support to look different. That would be the equivalent to, it was a post I read on Facebook that was actually funny. It's about babies. And it's like, imagine your back itching and somebody give you a bottle. Like how frustrating could it be that you have a need, like you want someone to scratch your back. That's why you're crying. However, somebody just gives you a bottle. It's like, I'm not even hungry, right? And a lot of times that's what our supportive or lack thereof relationships look like. Somebody is buying from your boutique. However, the way you need support is you need them to share your posts so that they can help you with marketing, right? So it's like, thank you for buying from my boutique. I know I can always count on you as a customer, but I'm not going to be able to sustain this boutique if you're my only customer, right? So you might need them to help you market or to take pictures in your items or whatever the case may be. That's just an illustration. But it's like, imagine having a certain need, not communicating that need and having the other person try to support you the best way they can and they're still coming up short. So we have to, first of all, be aware that we need to communicate that we need support. And then also we need to be aware that we have to communicate that with clarity. The final thing is that we need to hold people in our circle and in our village accountable for supporting us. Now, these conversations can appear to be difficult or they can be difficult, but I feel like not enough people have these conversations with people that are connected to them. So a lot of people, particularly black women, they want to show up as if they don't need any help. So it's difficult for them to hold people accountable for not showing up for them. And I want to encourage you to release that and to not be afraid to tell people, hey, well, you're telling everyone that you're my best friend, but you're not showing up for me in this area of my life. And so those two things cannot coincide together either. You're really my best friend, which means you need to be showing up for me here or you're actually not my best friend and you need to quit, quit telling people that. So it's holding people accountable. Right. 
And that might mean that the status of certain relationships change. And by no means am I saying to have a cutoff spirit. But what I am saying is it is important to have people in the correct positions in your life. That way you can balance your expectations of them. And if you have people in certain positions and they are not meeting those expectations, then you have to hold them accountable to that. And you have to say, hey, if you're going to be in this position, these are the expectations. And if you're not able to meet those expectations, I need to reposition you in my life. So I encourage people to get the support that we need. We have to, first of all, be able to communicate what we need, be able to communicate that with clarity and not be afraid to hold people accountable when they're in certain positions in our life and let them know the expectations that we have for them. Okay, so we have talked about our topic, which is support, being supportive and getting support from those we need. And as you guys know, we're going to hop right into the fix. That is our opportunity to shift our perspective and see what God has to say about the topic. So I'm going to read Romans chapter 12, verses 13 through 16. It says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. I feel like this scripture gives us the structure and gives us the clarity that we need as it relates to having relationships in which we are supportive of others and we are able to get the support we need. So I wanted to break it down and really talk about a few of the key principles of this passage of scripture. So the first sentence says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. So that lets us know that if we're going to be supportive of another person, we have to be prepared to support them. We have to have room in our schedule. We have to have room in our finances. We have to have room in our mental capacity to show up for other people. And we have to have that in advance. So before we know that there's a need, we have to already be prepared to meet that need or at least be prepared knowing that there may be a need that needs to be met, right? So that means creating a budget that has wiggle room because you want to be in position to financially support people that you're connected to should they need it. Or that might mean making sure that you create a schedule for yourself or you practice time management so that you have room in your schedule to have an hour long conversation with a friend that might need to vent. That also might mean making sure that you have time for self-care and that you have time for devotion so that you can have the right mental capacity to encourage people that might need words of affirmation or support from you verbally. You can't pour from an empty cup. So you have to always be prepared to support people because you know you know, and you recognize that the opportunity will eventually show up and you wanna be prepared to meet the need when when the need shows up. The second part of that verse says, always be eager to practice hospitality. What this means is that you always want to have an open space for people to come in. I think people hear the word hospitality and they think hosting a big fancy party, 
But that is not all that hospitality is. Hospitality is providing a safe and open space for people to come in and be clear and be comfortable saying that they have a need or they have an area where they need support. And that also means providing them with a safe and comfortable, soft place to land when they do have those times in their life where they feel like they've hit rock bottom. And we have to be eager to have those spaces for the people that we are connected to. It also says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. It says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. This is a key principle if we're going to be supportive of other people. And that just means that we have to be present for them in their lives. I cannot rejoice with you if I don't even know what's going on with you. I cannot weep with you if I am not present for what it is we're weeping about, right? So that means that if you're going to practice support for other people, you first have to show up for them, be present for them. I have some really close friends in my life, and we say this all the time. We're so grateful that we get to do life together, which means when they get a victory, I get a victory. When they hit hit a wall or hit an obstacle, I hit it with them. And If you're not present for a person like that, it makes it really difficult for them to ask you for support or for you to be able to give them the support that they need because you haven't been present for them throughout their life. So that is a key principle to offering support is that you have to be present for people. Now, the rest of this scripture talks about those who are actually going to need the support. So garnering support from those around us. It says, Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. So we have to put ourselves in a position where we're not afraid to be humble. We cannot operate in pride because we are going to need support from time to time. And if we're too proud to enjoy the company of the ordinary people that can provide us that support, then we are going to miss the opportunity to opportunity to have our needs met. We're going to cut off our blessings because we're too proud to be around people that can meet our needs. And we're too proud to ask those people to help us meet our needs and to support us. It also says, don't think you know it all, right? So if we are putting ourselves only in positions where we are the wealthiest in the room, where we're the smartest in the room, where we're the most put together person in the room, then we are often going to miss the opportunity to to have our needs met and to have people support us. So every now and then we have to recognize that we don't know it all and we have to put ourselves in positions to learn more or put ourselves in positions to be around people that have more than us, know more than us, have been there and done that, have different experiences that we have so that we can gain support from all those people because support is going to look diverse. Support is going to look different. You'll end up in a situation where you'll need a different type of support than you're used to needing. And you want to be in position and be in those rooms to be able to get that support as well. Okay, thank you guys for hanging in there with me throughout this episode. I really have enjoyed talking to you about support and what it means to get support and give support. 
As you guys know, we always end the episodes in prayer. And so if you are able to, let's go ahead and bow our heads. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to share your words with your people. Thank you for each and every ear and listener that's connected to this podcast. I thank you for first modeling what it's like to support us. I thank you that your word invites us to cast our cares upon you because you care for us. You will support us. You are there for us. You show up for us. You do life with us. You see us and you are present with us. And we thank you for that that model. We thank you for that um, structure. And we thank you that you first show us what it's like to be supportive. And I thank you, God, for each and every person who is connected to people that you have placed in their lives to support them. Thank you for those resources. Thank you for the people who have what it is that we need. We thank you that you have placed those people in our lives, knowing what you know about us, knowing that we will need that support, knowing that there will be an opportunity for them to meet a need for us. And God, we also thank you that you have prepared us to meet the needs of other people, to support other people, to show up for other people. Thank you for each and every blessing that you've given us. And I pray that you will work on our hearts, purify our hearts so that we're in position to give open-handedly, that we're not stingy, that we are able to give support knowing that that's what you've called us to do. You've called us to love one another. You've called us to live in community and in relationship, God. And so I pray that you will touch each and every one of us so that we can live in relationship the way that you've called us to, so that we can support each other the way that you've called us to. And that as we do that, we will give your kingdom glory. We will give you glory. We will build up your kingdom and draw more and more people to you. When they see us supporting each other and cheering for each other, they'll wonder what what is it that they have? What is it that they're doing? What is it that they're connected to? And I pray that we will use that opportunity to tell those people about you, God. We love you, we bless your name, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Will you do me a favor? If this episode empowered you or blessed you in any way, will you share it with someone? Also, provide a rating on iTunes, and since I love feedback, feel free to leave a review. I would love to connect with each and every one of you, so you can find me on Instagram at Desiree Catrice, and I'm also on Facebook, Desiree Catrice. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next week.